It's Barely in Topic, a podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. Welcome to Barely in Topic. I think it's going to be such a great episode, guys. It really is, because we've had so many technical problems. <laughs> the Bruins have had so many problems this week. And I'm actually going to remember to say that this is the seventh episode of the the current season. We're in episode 407. I haven't said an episode number in I don't know how long. So It's been a spell. Yeah. yeah I, and I'm here with... <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm here. <laughs> She's here with Jeff, as in me. Hi, everyone. <laughs> I'm Tim, and I'm here. <laughs> I am in so much pain. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, if your back's hurting is what you're saying, that laughing can't be helping. <laughs> it's the only way that I'm coping with it. It hurts so bad. <laughs> anyway... You know, it's actually better today than it was yesterday. I'm I'm playing injured just like... No, actually, I don't even know if I'm playing injured. I'm just injured. Like, oh, all of the defensive core for the Bruins. Oh, except for, like, two. <laughs> yeah, so we might as well just uh, skip right to that, that elephant in the room there. Bruins uh, played uh, much of this week. Um, well, no. After Wednesday, in which point in case they lost um, Zidane Chara for the next four to six weeks and also lost John Moore for a as yet unknown amount of time. All we know is he returned to Boston for further evaluation. This team has played this team has played the latter games this week, rolling our what ostensibly the expected based on expected opening night um, depth chart, playing our third, seventh, eighth, tenth, eleventh, and twelfth defensemen. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> that's a recipe for victories now you could look at it this way it could be a frankenstein's monster of defense where it's just parts that you put together and hope for the best <laughs> after you you pull the switch and put electricity into them i like to think of it as the choose your own adventure defense and it's going pretty well so far it's like playing mario kart and being stuck with i don't know bowser <laughs> or or like the generic Koopa, you're just so far down the list of players that it's like there isn't even names anymore. Connor Clifton's not a real person. He's made up. You know, here's the <laughs> funny thing. I I pictured Tony Clifton in my head, but I was actually <gasps> So he's so Connor Clifton is secretly is secretly Andy Kaufman. Yeah. <laughs> or he... not so secretly Andy Kaufman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I that's who I pictured in my head and then I was writing his name and I I I got his name mixed up so it was Clifton Connor or something like that. So he became something else. But can we just talk about how Connor Clifton, who was the captain of the Quinnipiac hockey team, he was not drafted or Yes, he was. The Pens drafted him and went unsigned. And it wasn't by his choice, I don't think. I think the Pens decided at the end decided he they were interested. <laughs> uh, give me a minute. Give me a minute. I can give you a year and so forth on that. Well, he was not drafted by the Bruins. Yes. Okay. So, yeah, he's got. I got it now. Uh, he was drafted in the fifth round in 2013. Last season, he played well enough in the AHL with the the P Bruins. I think it was that they offered yes. him a, a contract with the big club. It's a two way obviously. So, yay, hooray for him. But can we just talk about how he looks like the love child of Robert Downey Jr. and Will Wheaton? He really does. Like, if those two guys, like, got together and men could have children, that would be their child. So, Connor Clifton's um, uh, superhero alter ego is, is like, is is the Iron Crusher then, right? Right, right. (laughs) Wow, Jeff, I served it way up for you. I wasn't fucking ready, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, Jeff took is... the hit by the, I took the hit by the pitch made the joke from first base we're okay <laughs> <laughs> that's not confusing at all mixing all of our metaphors <laughs> what's a metaphor for if you're not going to mix it okay this is the first week that Jeff's had video and audio at the same time forever so he's confused <laughs> yeah, since at least like I don't know maybe even this time last no no Maybe this time last year. 
I've been using phones for a long. I've been doing calling in on the phone for a long time. <laughs> it's a Thanksgiving miracle. That's what it is. Uh, yes. So we have the the Providence Club playing defense for the the Big Bruins, and it's not going too poorly. Mostly because Jeremy Lausanne, I wouldn't say he's exceeded expectations, but he's been playing very well. And oh my God, did you see the save that he made last night where he just I know. batted it? Just Jeremy Lausanne is unambiguously an NHL defenseman, and that is fucking fantastic news. Even if he's not, not going to be on the team for the rest of the year, we know that Lausanne's an NHL defenseman, which means the team can plan for that next year. Yes. Yes. I know that, that we talked about this earlier in a private chat about like, because we're, we we have to obviously look around and see who you can move around at some point. I'm a little nervous to have more than three people on the defense who have less than three years experience. But, you know, this is a good problem to have, as as Bruce Cassidy and others like to say. Well, you know, and that, that's the thing. So, right, it's going into next year you need to know that one of your left-hand prospects was going to make the jump because you don't know that Chara's going to come back again. No. Hey, why don't we talk about Chara for a minute? <sighs> yeah, in, in, in light of that, and unfortunately, in what's probably in aggregate bad news on that front, Chara went down badly on Wednesday against um, Avalanche in a game much like the previous week against the Canucks that we're just not going to talk about beyond that, I think. Well, we should talk about it a little bit. But anyway, yeah, went down badly, hurt, took a, his uh, injury to his left MCL. Yes, it happened at the end of the first. He wanted to stay on the ice to celebrate Jake DeBrusque's goal, but he could not. And he never returned for the rest of the game, which made everyone panic, as we should. And and then he was, he was uh, on Thursday morning, was sent back to Boston for evaluation. And at the end of the game on... It was at the end of the game, it was well, yesterday morning, so the morning after the game in Arizona, it was announced that it was a MCL injury, it was going to be out four to six weeks, which all things considered is mostly good news. It was not a non-surgery yes. Uh, situation. Yes. Well, it, you know, the video is a little misleading because at first it looks like he did something to his right knee and he already has that right PCL tear which destabilizes the knee a little bit. You don't want to further destabilize it. You can't really repair that ligament like doctors were were diagnosing from afar and i've heard some really terrible things oh it could be an mcl oh it could be an acl oh oh my god i can't believe it but left mcl is probably like the best case scenario that we've got right now it seems like it's a sprain he'll be reevaluated in four weeks and that's like the earliest he could return but you know they gave themselves the extra two weeks there to play with this and he's 41 years old guys so uh, yeah, yeah, and and honestly, given his size, the fact that his knees have been, relatively speaking, such a minor problem. I mean, again, we've talked about it before, and it's just how much of a insane a monument to athletic conditioning Zidane Ochara is, at all, in every respect. And, and whenever this knee stuff pops up, it's sort of a reminder because. Uh, his knees, by all accounts, based on everything we know about athletes and large athletes, should basically be bone on bone now, but somehow are not. Think about like similar age, um, Shaq, uh, how bad Shaq's knees were by that point. Yeah, Shaq at that point. Celtic Shaq was not very good Shaq. Basically, Bobby Orr, at a much younger age, he's a, he's a much smaller guy. Uh, within 10 years of, his, of the start of his career was bone on bone and at least one of his knees. So Avalanche game was not really great for our defensemen because it turns out that John Moore also was knocked out of the game at some point with an LBI or he turned up with one after the game played through it. I don't really recall how it was because pretty much after Zidane Chara exited the game and the game turns the way that it did. It was just like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. You're not even noticing that people are being thrown onto the injury pile. I, I feel kind of awful for Jake DeBrusque scoring two goals in such hopeless losing efforts. Twice in the last week and a half. Okay, we'll, we'll talk about that next. We're gonna, we gotta talk about these injuries. The injury is like, it, injuries are the things that are on everybody's minds. 
Anyway, so that happened as a result. Friday was the NHL debuts for both, of course, Connor Clifton and Jakob Zaboral as well. I always call him Jacob, and I know it's Jakob. I thought it was Jacob. I didn't know it was Jakob. It's if if, if they're if they're Czech, it's Jakob. Yeah. Oh, fair is, enough. Is he Czech? And and it's all yes, he is. Yeah, he is. And it's all sort of all over the place for Swede. Some seem to be Jacobs, some seem to be Jakobs, which is really unfair. Make up <laughs> your mind, Sweden. Make up your mind. I like rules to be followed. Yeah, Joachim, what the fuck is that name? <laughs> anyway, Jakob Zaboral, who seems to be a better player than he once was. He was a little unruly and... Would fly off the said, cuff and everything. He was three. He was said he was three different players I saw in the various times I, I saw him play in the queue, which made it very hard to get a, a pin on how I felt about him. You know, pre-draft he was amazing. His draft plus one year he looked he didn't give a rat fuck about anything, and his draft plus two year he was you know <laughs> trying, but not impressive. Yes. You know. Yes. Well, now he, you know what he's gotten. He's getting his shot, and that's great. And uh, oh yeah, uh, by the way. Let's just mention this. Connor Clifton, who may or may not be the love child of Robert Downey Jr. and Will Wheaton. Or might just be Andy, Andy Kaufman. We don't know yet. Right. <laughs> he got into his first fight. Yeah, no. Now, mind you, it's, it was against Jason Spezza. <laughs> Still counts. <laughs> so, he fought, he, so, he, so he fought Giggles. Spezza's notorious for this really weird little, like... Eight-year-old girl laugh he's got. <laughs> I did not know that his nickname was Giggles. <laughs> the, the conversation we had just before I officially started recording really makes me want to, to see what we would name the players if we could put a, na- a random name on their back <laughs> as a nickname. <laughs> I'd like to see Spetsa as Giggles. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, yeah, so so what I'm trying to say is that these guys are making impacts even if we're we're a little unsure of what they're going to be doing. Certainly like not backing down and, and just saying, Hey, lay off my, my teammates, that's a that's something. And there and Zaboral's being given very, very few minutes, but he seems to be doing all right in what he's being given, which is good. Yeah. Um now it's interesting that Clifton almost right away got thrown to like twenty minutes, twenty minutes on ice because it was so. And partly because he's the the only right shot prospect we had left, mm-hmm. besides Axel Anderson, and he's not available because we sent him back to Sweden. Well, he needed some more Swedish seasoning, mm. whatever that is. Does <laughs> it involve like Lufisk or something? Then we're okay. Uh, is it like locks and um lots of smoke lots of smoked and salt yeah lots of smoked and salted fish and sh- oh princessa tort uh, that would be so good it's made with marzipan anyway so <laughs> i i i don't know what the oh lingonberries did we forget about them <laughs> Right. <laughs> and Swedish meatballs. There we go. There's all the Swedish seasoning that you need right there. I have no idea what any of the seasonings are, but we named a bunch of Swedish foods. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So needless to say, we've established that Axel Anderson is somewhere in Sweden buried in a pile of herring. <laughs> and locks. And princessa torta. And, uh, Sounds like quite like- the pickle. I feel like the herring is. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the herring might be drowning the rest of that out, though. Uh, I, I named other Swedish foods. <laughs> Damn it. The herring's our joke. We used to joke that, you know, part of the, the, the Ericsson and, and, and Louis and, and uh, Carl bonded over, you know, their herring enthusiasm. I know, yeah. but we're talking about a new generation, dude. Oh, wait a minute. Remember all those, like, really awful things? Those pictures that we would post to each other of Swedish food? It was just like, look at this. Herring pizza? Yeah, no. It's a cake. And it's like, it's it's made out of this sandwich that is just really disgusting that you don't want. That's foul. Oh, yeah. It was like, had mayonnaise for a... Oh! Wrapped around, 
friend on the outside, or at least it was, yeah. Or, oh, yeah. no! Oh. God! White people, what's wrong? <laughs> I mean, I mean to be fair, it's, I, it's, it's nice to see that some of the whitest people around appear to have committed to concept, I suppose, but... Um... <laughs> Oh, I just remember looking at that. I was like, I almost vomited. It was so disgusting. <laughs> All right. Now that we've talked about disgusting Swedish food, let's move on. Um, no Andal, uh, Andal, uh, Axel Anderson. Whew. But we're getting down to the bottom of the barrel. If there's another injury, we're looking at a Emilio Hansen call up or a Wiley Sherman call up. Is it the herring Wiley. barrel or the pickle barrel? <laughs> Both. Um, I'm pretty sure the barrel of Wiley Sherman's in just says TNT and or Acme on the side. <laughs> <laughs> Breaking case of emergency. <laughs> That's the I, I look at it this way. Obviously, because we have to scratch like one fourth liner a night, it seems like. Why don't we just put Achari on defense or Wagner or Bacchus? Sure. <laughs> hey! You know Bacchus what, if you stop asking good. Bacchus to have to leave his own zone, maybe it would be all right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. sorry, Dave. You know I love you. It's just, well... Uh, and that's the problem. We have so much love for him. Just, we, ne- I, you know, I, I, I just can't, I can't defend his play anymore. I can't, I can't. Like I, I guess I was faking it for a long time. Like I could get through this, and I just can't do it anymore. I feel Sorry, like this David. is exactly what we went through with the Belaski too. Yeah. Except, except Bacchus didn't have a barn burner of a first season here, which Belaski did. It was just fine. Right. <sighs> All right. So let's talk about. Let's just go. I just want to have a, a complete list of the injuries, just so we can take in the magnitude of what is going on. Okay. Starting with people that are formally on IR at present. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's make it a fun game where we all name someone. Ready? Okay. <laughs> so are you doing this in unison or are we taking turns until we, and, and, and whoever and see how far we laps we make before someone gets left with no one? We're gonna we're <laughs> gonna take turns. You go. Uh, Kevin Miller. And he's gonna be back maybe on Wednesday. Maybe. Maybe. We'll okay. See. Obviously, I have to say, my boy, Brandon Carlo, was moved to IR this week! Yay! Um, I was really hoping it was a salary transaction thing to save a little bit of money or Well, it has nothing to do with money. It's about, it's about a spot on the 23, man. Well, yes, whatever. <laughs> I was hoping that it was just, like, transactional and stuff like that, that he'd be back on Friday, and he wasn't, and then that he'd be back on Saturday, and he wasn't. He's now missed. In, he's now missed enough games that he could come back with no notice, though. Once they put him on, it had to be for three games. Okay, so that's good. <laughs> Brando Carl Rissi is going to come back, and he's going to save us from that UBI. Um, okay, Tim. I'm going to go with uh, Charlie McAvoy. Ding, ding, ding! That's our third IR guy. <laughs> one more. There's one more. Oh. Okay, so obviously Charlie had the UBI. Confirmed concussion. concussion. Confirmed yeah. concussion. Yes. Okay. What's the other one? The other, the other IR guy is is uh, Erho Vakanainen. Also oh, concussed. Oh, Now apparently both Charlie and Erho are skating in Boston right now. Mm-hmm. Haven't heard anything one way or the other on on Brandon on Carlo. Nope. So those are the four that are formally on IR, but um, there's there's some more names. And one of, them, one of whom is guaranteed to end up on IR when they get around to it. Okay, so the other players who who aren't currently on your, uh, on, uh, on your I almost said. <laughs> so all of them. <laughs> they don't have a hockey team, that's why. We have three more players. <laughs> oh, oh, yep, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, wait a minute, you said that. Uh, no, it's my turn. It's my turn. Zidane Chara, who's probably going to go on IR if he isn't already. With his MCL, his left MCL injury. Woo! And we have uh, John Moore, who has been sent back to Boston with Hang lower on. body injury. And probably the most bad of the lot, even worse than Chara. Not yet on IR. We don't know what the extent of the injury is. Patrice Bergeron. 
was sent back to Boston after the Dallas game. Uh, we know it was a, I think, a left shoulder injury. Was what was what got ran into the boards? His left shoulder. I think it's a head injury. Yeah, I think it. I think it's. Concussion. Everyone's been saying shoulder, and that's what it looked like whenever he. That's why he couldn't do faceoffs. It's it's a shoulder injury. It's mobi- It's a mobility issue. Well, I think I think. I think it could be a couple of things going on, but yeah, uh, whatever. It's a UBI. That's what I'm calling it. Oh yeah, they're not doing anything till they're not doing anything till diagnosis, right? But uh, yeah, it, basically, both John Moore and and Patrice Bergeron were sent back for testing, which is what Tara was sent back for. So they're not going to play again on the road trip anyway. So it was fine. But yeah, I I don't know. I mean, it it looked really painful. It, it looked like he was grabbing his head. Who knows? Who knows what it was? Injuries, like we think with, with, that we know what the injury is or what the part or part of the body that was injured is, but we don't always know. So, sure, we'll say left shoulder right now. I don't know. All I know is that he was in a lot of pain. And, uh, oh, yeah, that's right. He's left-handed. <laughs> Again, he wasn't taking face-off. He, he played most of the rest of the game, but he wasn't taking face-offs. In fact, Brad was playing center on that line. With Bergie on his wing. <laughs> yes. Let's talk about Brad a little bit. Ah, fuck you, Ben Bishop. Oh, I'm so glad that you brought up Ben Bishop because <laughs> I want to put I want to start the campaign right now for Ben Bishop for Masterton. He played right through that when clearly like every tendon in the back of the knee had been severed. Oh my god. I le- I'm surprised his leg didn't fall off. He is so brave. <laughs> he is so brave. I'm so glad that we found another brave Dallas Stars player. <laughs> ben Bishop, you have taken the mantle on from Steve Ott. It was abandoned for a long time. Oh my God. It's like he, he tapped him. And maybe Brad shouldn't have done that, but that's not what we're arguing here. Here's the thing is that tap wasn't even a, pen- wasn't even a penalty. No, it was nothing. It's getting chippy, which is what happens around the net. <laughs> well, that whole fucking game was chippy. Well, yeah, yeah, it was. The Stars games, for some reason. Well, it could be that the Stars are just all assholes from Texas. But no, that's a long-standing like Bruins thing. Even when they were, the, even when they were in Minnesota, and were the North Stars, apparently. It just oh, I didn't know inexpli- that. Yeah. Inexplicably, have been in this like knife fight with with that franchise <laughs> for decades. <laughs> Is that why it was a rivalry night on on NBC SMPBJ? PDQ, yeah, and I'm yeah. guessing schedulers got confused when they did that with the mild when they made the mild that same thing one time. Yeah, it's not the same team, no. Yeah, maybe, but I mean, the, yeah, because there was that one was it like the year the Bruins won the cup where they had like three fights in the first three seconds of the game or something like that against the Stars. The Bruins back then had some had a few insane games against at the time irrelevant Sunbelt teams because I seem to remember that season involving an absolute like line brawl with the Thrashers too. A line <laughs> brawl that I'll mind you killed the Thrashers because that was their last season in Atlanta. <laughs> I do want to talk about Brad Marchand in this context, other than potentially taking out Ben Bishop. <laughs> Uh, okay, these are some comments that Bruins head coach <laughs> Bruins head coach Bruce Cassidy. I'm sorry, it, the cat. It just you know, Tuka, Tuka cat. Um, she yeah. Love Marshy's leadership on the bench. His chatter in the room said Bruce Cassidy contributed to a big goal, big penalty killing job at the end, buzzing uh, up there at the end, disrupted the flow not giving them any chances to get in our end and really limited it. Oof, I did not, I couldn't read my own handwriting. Really pleased with his effort after last night. He was frustrated. I think tonight he was real focused on just being the best player on the ice. Now, Bruce Cassidy also said last night to Jack and Brick, I think, after the game or whoever it was they were talking to, or he was talking to, he basically said that he had a conversation with Brad about the previous night and how he had been really very emotional and did some things that hurt the team. And so Brad has been working on that. 
I mean, I will say those things that hurt the team were fucking hilarious. <laughs> Putting the towel on the end of his stick and waving the white flag after getting that bullshit pe- that, 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 that bullshit tripping penalty on Bishop. <laughs> I mean, yes, he got a 10-minute misconduct. Incidentally, he played 20 minutes of that game despite that 10-minute misconduct yes. and getting a did he get a, and a bunch of other penalties, which means basically when Brad was allowed to play, Brad was on the ice. All of it. Mm-hmm. That game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Brad is trying to take over for his good buddy, Patrice, and being all over the ice and being a nightmare for you. And he has a personality. And sometimes it gets the better of him. I just love it. I, I mean, I've, I'm worried that, that Brad has been trying to keep it tight this year. I think he is holding the stick a bit too tight. You notice he's he is shooting less and hasn't been scoring as much. But and we we've had this conversation about whether or not some of that extracurricular stuff that he has going on in the game uh, is tied in with his just being awesome. I, I think it's necessary for him to maintain his his swagger, which directly relates to how well he shoots personally. Right. So I don't mind it when he lets loose a little bit. I don't want it to hurt the team. Ten-minute misconducts aren't really helping the team. But in that game, it didn't really hurt them because nobody scored a fucking goal until overtime anyway. <laughs> now let's talk about this. How, how fucking awful are, 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 are Dallas that it took until overtime for them to score a goal against that defense? I almost read something about that on Twitter I might have, but I, I think I kind of reeled it back a little bit. But yeah, what does it say about the Stars that they can't beat the AHL Bruins defense? And like, Tory no, no, one, <laughs> no, no one's that disappointed in, in the Coyotes for failing to do anything against against that team. It's the Coyotes. It's, 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 the it's Coyotes did more than the Stars did. Can I we know. talk about that? Like, seriously, look, and then the fuck. The, the Coyotes scored in regulation against the Bruins. Also... The Coyotes have a hard time scoring when it's not like a shorthanded goal. The fact that they scored is just wild. Yeah, Dallas, like how how fucking bad is this team? Like, like I I, I have to figure Jim Nell only still has a job because because of, he managed to because he rolled Peter Chiarelli, which we now know is not a hard thing to do. I because... rolled him last week. <laughs> 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 like seriously, like dude, I was like, I mean. Garth Snow managed to roll Peter Chiarelli. Ray Shero, okay, Ray Shero's a decent GM, but not a spectacular one. Managed to roll Peter Chiarelli in spectacular fashion. Jim Mill, Jim Nill, you've you, you've done that nothing that anyone with a pulse can do. Can't do. <laughs> oh wait a minute, wait a minute. Can we just talk about Peter Chiarelli for a minute? Guess who ended up in Edmonton this week with his old pal Peter Chiarelli? Oh, oh right, right. He got traded one for one for Ryan Strom. Ryan Spooner. That, uh, a Ryan for Ryan. That's what it must have been. Like, Peter went, oh, I, I've got a Ryan that I can give for your Ryan. Yes, let's do it. Now, now here's the interesting point about how bad Spooner's been this year. Some stats people on Twitter said, one of them said, uh, I think it was, uh, oh, crap, who was it? Anyway, said that it's amazing Chiarelli managed to lose the Everlay trade twice. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) I feel bad for Ryan Spooner because he's going to be further away from his dog. Yeah. But in Edmonton, maybe he'll be able to get an apartment that he can have his dog with him. That would be good if if Carl Spooner could join join Ryan. (laughs) So, and then maybe, maybe Ryan could play like Carl. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, he can't play any worse, apparently. So, poor Ryan Spooner. He's in Edmonton now, but maybe it'll work out for him. Maybe he just needs to find the right place. I don't think that place is ever with Peter Chiarelli. But here's the thing, though: his play has always had the exact same holes. It's just this year the parts that come that patch them over haven't happened, and that's a problem. He's not playing yeah. with Patrice or Brad or. Craigie or... or Erickson <laughs> or <laughs> Although I bet if Peter really tried he could get Louis Erickson again. <laughs> 
I mean, that would be actually impressive. That if, if like, I mean, obviously that trade would be Louis, would be Erickson for Luch, for for Luch, and like that would be spectacular for Benning to dig a deeper hole and getting out from underneath the Erickson trade. <laughs> hey, Luch will be home. He'll be happy. Maybe I don't know. But wait a minute. But he'd really want to keep Luch. All right. So next on uh, scintillating Oilers talk. No, actually, we're going to get back to. Um... Is that Cassian possibly actually a chimpanzee? Hill oh. middle eleven. <laughs> oh God, I fucking hate Zach Cassian. I really hate him so much. Some episode we're just going to have. We're just talking about players we hate, really hate, and he's going to be high on my list. And everybody thinks it's really stupid and silly, but I just think he is such a fucking asshole. Oh, Matt Barkowski. <laughs> we had plenty of episodes where we've talked about your hatred. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just so unfair to Bart because Bart is stuck being Bart. He doesn't need your hatred to make it worse. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so getting back to things. We got a little sidetrack talking about old friend Ryan Spooner getting sent off to Edmonton. I hope he can play, find places he can DJ and LARP in Edmonton. It's kind of hard. They have a lot of private clubs there. So weird. Hmm. I mean, they're like clubs that you actually have to be a member for. It's like I mean, like I mean, he probably had a hard time finding places to DJ in New York because, like, that's probably a pretty flooded market, which means you got to be, you know, good at it. Well, you know what? There's always like a four a.m. slot somewhere. <laughs> what do you find yourself LARPing nightclub? That's what he's been training. Been, been, been a hockey themed LARPing nightclub. This is what he's been training his entire life for. Okay, okay. Until you put hockey there, I was going to say, oh, that's a goth club. <laughs> I, I, I just picture a wedding crashers type thing with Ryan Spooner crashing weddings in a LARPing suit just being like I'm here all over Edmonton <laughs> poor poor Ryan he's off okay so we hit on injuries we've talked a little bit about a brave Ben Bishop he has to play in Dallas he has to endure like slight love taps from like Brad Marchand you know, he has to be Ben Bishop. All of these things. Th- that is what not uh, why I nominate him for the Masterton. It's an early season nomination, I know. But, you know, he still has to play through all of that. Well, not Brad anymore. I mean, they've already played their two games. But you know what I mean. He's, he's got to get used to playing with that prosthetic leg now. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a big leg. <laughs> oh, no, wait a minute. He doesn't play for a pirate team. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. oh, we kid. We kid. Okay. So, um, you don't really want to talk about that, that abs game, it, but we should mention that it was ugly. Very. It was beautiful in the first period. Oh, my God. We went up 3 1, was it? Oh, loved it. It was 3 1. Mm-hmm. The beginning of the, the second period, it was like, I don't know, five minutes in, everything changed. Then it became awful, and uh, yeah, the Bruins didn't look good there. They also lost Big Z in that game, and then eventually John Moore. Poor, poor Jake DeBrusque. He's now Jake DeBrusque is interesting, actually, because he's some. He's, he's got himself eight goals on the season, but six of them came in three games, and two of those were blowout losses. And two of those three games were blowout losses. I mean, good news. Jake DeBrusque is kind of a hot hand right now. Score also scored yesterday against uh, against Arizona. And that he scores in these games where other people can't seem to score. Unfortunately, also the games that the team can't defend. Yeah. Mm. But it's put him now as our number three goal, t- goal scorer behind uh, Bergeron and uh, ahead of uh, Brad. Mm, Brad. I think we put a curse on Brad this year saying that he would score all those goals. But anyway, yeah, Jake, uh, what, what, is he like the only player that's engaged when everybody else is disengaged? I guess, I I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Is he, is he the guy that no one has an answer for when they have an answer for everything else? (laughs) 
<laughs> it's like, oh fuck, we forgot to play for Jake Debrusque. <laughs> <laughs> he is everyone's Achilles heel. He is everyone's Achilles heel. Jake Debrusque. They don't even call it an Achilles heel anymore. They call it a Debrusque heel. 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 Foiled again. <laughs> I would have gotten away with it too if it weren't those meddling Jake DeBrusque. <laughs> all four, all four of the Scooby gang. Jake DeBrusque. <laughs> Even Daphne. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Wait a minute, <laughs> Scooby too. <laughs> Scooby's actually Carl Spooner. <laughs> Just to bring it all back. <laughs> uh, apparently the Aleve has gotten to my head. <laughs> Poor That's supposed I- to do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I only took one. Um, <laughs> Jeff looks vaguely disappointed that we went off in this totally different direction. <laughs> Man, I just picture, like, every other GM in the league in a war room. Like, what are we going to do about this guy? (laughs) Jake DeBrusque, we can't. Well, uh, unless we let let the first line run rampant. Oh, nope, nope, we can't do that. (laughs) (laughs) I can just picture it now, the war room, it's dark with these, like, red ancillary lights going on, and there's a DVD projection, (laughs) and 30 other, 30 GMs sitting around the table. (laughs) Or not GMs, 30 30 head coaches sitting around the table. One of them clicking through the slides. We hadn't prepared for this one. This Jake DeBrusque. <laughs> and then it all, and then like the wall of the war room, it just turns into that. It's always in sunny in Philadelphia gif that always goes around for um, conspiracies. It's <laughs> 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 like Jake DeBrusque. <laughs> Oh god. <laughs> Jake DeBrusque is our secondary scoring right now. <laughs> and and that's great because that's what you want him to do, but it would be great if other people would join him. <laughs> Anders Bjork, Dan Heinen, I am looking at you gentlemen very specifically. <laughs> hey, JFK scored his first goal the other night. He did and and JFK and then Bjork was absolutely buzzing. What was that? What was it? The first first line ended up being Bjork Krejci Pasternak on Saturday. Yeah, right. And, um, they, that line didn't they didn't <laughs> score, but that that line was buzzing and a lot of fun actually. It was. It was. Ultimately, do you know who served up that puck so that it could be rebounded so that JFK could get it? Your boy. It was Achari. Yes, it was. Yes, yes. He was also buzzing last night. So, so I, you know that some of these people are really trying. I, I see Bjork trying. We saw Achari try. It's just, it's not happening for other people, and they don't know what it is. It's got to change. This has got to change. I mean, we're like, how many games are we into the season? 20? Something? Uh, again, when everyone's healthy again, it's like, just, just like put Bjork, put, uh, I mean, at this point, you know what? Give Bjork one of the top right wing spots. Handcuff him to a to a center and let it rot and let it fly and see where it goes. Because this Nordstrom nonsense is ridiculous. I'm sorry. Yep. Yeah, Krejci, I love that you're liking the guy and liking playing with him, but you know what? He's got four points in 19 games. I'm not going to argue against that. I agree with you. Which is like I, double I, his output last year. <laughs> and I, I I will say I I, do, I am liking Yoka. I am liking Nordstrom. Quite a bit, but what the fuck is he doing in the top six? Third line. Third line, he'd be fine. Yeah. I mean, if they can find a center, but yeah, third well, line. Also, on a related note, why does it when they come up short of center, he keeps getting put at C, even though that's like the one position he's never played naturally? <laughs> when when the sheer number of natural centers on this roster, which if you want to stretch the definition of natural center, also technically catches, catches Brad, but he's not... Brad played center all through uh, junior and even in the AHL. But, uh, like, 
the bottom six is riddled with natural centers. Why are they playing one of the ones that's not at center? Because Joachim Nordstrom has so much charisma, they put him at center. They just said, you know what? I just can't look into your eyes and not make you take a face off. He's probably threatening the team with that weird herring cake. And then they're like, okay, you can play center. Just not that. Gosh, the only thing I can think of is... Nordy, stop throwing herring at Joe Sacco. We'll let you play center. Fine. (laughs) Or maybe he's feeding Joe Sacco that that special mayonnaise herring cake, and he likes it, and that's why he's playing center. Then we might need to fire Joe Sacco. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) See, sometimes... Even though that cake makes me vomit, some people might really enjoy that. Uh, okay, so I, I don't, I don't have your beef with mayonnaise, but that much mayonnaise on anything is, is not cool. <laughs> no, you can't trust anyone that likes mayonnaise that much. So if Joe Sacco's liking that cake, he's got to go. Can't trust him ever again. And by the way, boys, that applies to Kevin. By the way, Kevin Dean and, and J.O. Fly, uh, Pandolfo, I can't even actually say his name properly without forcing it. <laughs> Too many years of, call, of calling him a flood nap. Um, um, it applies to you boys, too. Got that much mayonnaise. Stand down. <laughs> yeah, no, that no. Um, I don't think anybody should really like mayonnaise, and you should never like it that much. What? Okay, now... I, I need to ask. I, I don't know if I'll keep this in the podcast. We'll see. Achari made it back into the lineup last night. And he was good. What does that mean? I have to give an answer to Ben about who's going to be in my jersey. I mean, it means he played a game that was good. I don't know. Like, will he play beyond this? Who knows? Injuries? <laughs> Honestly, I, I try to understand and predict the lines and who's going to be in and... Uh, there's no method to any madness at no, all. Yeah, we didn't discuss this one as an alternative for you, but how do you feel about Sean Corelli? He's, he's, he's a lot of player of the kind of player you like. He is, but... And I feel like that would be a safe bet if, if you're feeling it at all. But <laughs> It would be an interesting choice, and then everybody would mock me for it. <laughs> I like him. I like him a lot, but if I'm going to get, like... I'm going to get a fourth liner. We all know where my heart is. I'm aware, yes. Because Rhode Island is awesome. And someday I'm going to tell everybody why it is, if I haven't already. But anyway, that is an interesting idea. I don't know if I would go for it, but it's it's an interesting one. I I forgot. I forgot about he's the safest. He's the safest of your, of your type of player that you don't already have a jersey of. Yes, and his numbers are the opposite of Brandon Carlo. I really like, you know, palindrome numbers. Well, there you go. <laughs> plus, plus one's, one's a home black and the other one's a, well, it's a, it's a winter classic, but it's still in a way cream. Yeah. And oh, oh, there you go. Buy them side by side, black and white, 52, 25. I will think on it. I will think on it. Now, unfortunately, his name's Carly and not Olark. <laughs> a backwards Carlo jersey, fifty-two Orlark. <laughs> Put the apostrophe after the O, though, because otherwise it would just be silly. <laughs> I never really thought about Carlo's last name backwards. I don't think about names backwards that that much. But anyway, I, I get what you're saying. It's funny. Anyway, with all this, despite the injuries, I mean, we got three points out of this, out of these three games. Out of these three games, that's not bad under the circumstances. Yeah. Yeah, I got to tell you, after the massacre in Denver, I did not think that we were. I didn't think we were going to win a game again for a while. I'll be honest. Um, you know what it is? is I think ha- hanging against all odds against Dallas is what gave this team the ability to have a hope in, in, in Arizona. It wasn't even just competitive, right? I mean, at the end, it was basically it was it didn't quite go to the full coin flip, which, of course, is the shootout. But it got damn close. It got down to three on three. So oh, like, yeah. practically a coin flip, practically a coin flip. Right. And, and you know, um, Dallas brought us the return 
of Tukarask. He did, and he had an excellent game. <laughs> he had an excellent game, but I think the team really shored up around him in a way that I would not have expected them to. I mean, there were a couple of times where I think Krug bailed him out of one. The puck slipped past him, slipped through his uh, the five hole, and, and Krug was there to just bat it out. Well, and there's the thing is I think it was good that he came back, too, because I think we were starting to bounce off the ceiling for num- for a number of starts in a cluster you could actually give Halak. Yep. You know, his previous four starts, two of them were disasters. Yep. I mean, the other two the other two were the Toronto and, and Vegas games, but his other two starts were Vancouver and, and Colorado. So it, it's clear it's like, okay, you know, and you knew this signing Halak. Halak is a, is a 1A, 1B goalie, always has been. That's part of the problem he had in, with the Islanders is that his backup, Grice, even though Grice had one really good season where Halak somehow got sent to Connecticut because Garth Snow. But, like, his best years were, you know, sharing that with Price, sharing that with with Brian Elliott. Yeah, I'm glad that Tuka came back. He said everything's in the past now. He did what he needed to do. And that was a big game. It was, like, 46 out of 47 shots or something stupid. Mm-hmm. Incidentally, the team's been being shelled into the Stone Age, but surprise, surprise, when you have, when you're this close to calling up ECHL defensemen or like, you know, dressing farm animals in jerseys, <laughs> <laughs> it's not the most shocking outcome in that case. No, you can't sustain that level of shots being shot at you and, and keeping the score low. Yeah, so, so I got it. I said too many, but it was 37 shots and he saved 36 of them. But that's still a lot. Yeah. Like I said, that's not sustainable, but right now it's going to have to do because the forwards, I don't know for whatever reason, they can't keep, they they just don't get the, the pucks on their stick enough to keep it out of the other guys. Well, and that's because the defense, the defense isn't taking the puck to feed it to them, right? That's the thing. Now, mind you, the taking a lot of shots against is a sort of a thing, right? Halak's two banner uh, games over the weekend involved a ton of shots last night but yesterday the team gave up 33 shots to the coyotes as well incidentally wow without bergeron we get absolutely destroyed at the dot too uh both games were under 40 percent for the bruins on the faceoff dot because of uh, no brad no not brad no not brad no no, no bergy yeah this is not surprising to me i guess i mean you hope that your your other centers are better on the dot but who was the best? Was it Krejci? So against Dallas, it was Brad. Oh God! <laughs> he had sixty. He had sixty-seven percent actually. And no, oh, nope. Sorry, Bacchus was the best with eighty percent. Oh wow! After that, after that, it, the um, uh, NHL website doesn't say how many they took, but um, to give you some idea, the drop off from there was to forty-three percent from Bergy, who of course you know spent most of the game incapable of taking them. But yeah, and then from there, 33% for Krejci, which is a bad night at the dot from 29 for Nordstrom and 17% for Corrali, which is catastrophic. That's like if you had, that's a percentage you see when defensemen take take at the dot. Arizona, two players were over 50, were at 50% or over. Brad was at 50 and Bacchus at 60. Everyone else well under 50. And Brad at 50 was one for two and Bacchus at 60 was three for five. Against uh, Arizona. Mm. Uh, the person who took the most face-offs was Krejci, and he was 3 for 12, which is not good. That's really bad. And That's... JFK was 3 for 8, which is also... Yeah, it's a lot better than 3 for 12. I mean, I guess. It's still not great. JFK is still only playing in, what, his third NHL game now? He's It was his fifth this season, so sixth, so sixth total. Really? He played in one game right after he signed two years ago. And he's in his in, in the Bourbon stats page here. Games played five. Yeah, so he's so he's now played six NHL games total. All right. Well, it seems like he just got here yesterday, so. <laughs> was it well, yeah, time? for like the game against Toronto, which was um, only eight days ago as of the time of this recording. Oh, my God. All right. Well, regardless, he's played a handful of... Plus of games. Bruins fighting adversity. Young defensemen keep getting called up and seem to keep being competent. It's that's great, but still, this this can't. I don't know. We gotta hope people start coming back. Better get out your Tuca panties. Yeah, what the fuck was that? <laughs> 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 oh 
listeners, uh, friend of the pod, Mandy, got in a bit of a fight with an imbecile, and uh, that somehow came up. Incidentally, also only had one case. We're not even really sure what he was talking about. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he could have been talking about any of those number two uh, number uh, numerous tukas that no one. They have two U's, but only one K. Yeah, we can all agree that they suck. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so this week is U.S. Thanksgiving, and I'm going to be stuck making a turkey. <laughs> oh yeah, um, how are you going to do that? Don't you still not have an oven? No, I do have an oven now. <laughs> That's the surprise. Surprise! I've got an oven! Yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I don't know if I told you this. I took a cake decorating class. And part of the reason why I took that class was, oh, I could bake every week. It's going to be fun and exciting. I love baking, and now I get to decorate it. What could be more fun? But this is what happened with my cake decorating class. Okay, one, I was very obnoxious. Two, the teacher would never tell me I was really obnoxious. Three, everybody thought I was a lot of fun. But, okay, Third week in, my oven just dies. It just dies. It like we smell some vaguely like electrical fireish thing going on, and it ceases. It, the oven part decides it never wants to heat up past one hundred ever again. So we had the stovetop, and that was fine. But it took us a while to get an oven because, well, Glenn got sick. Then we had the well, we had the party, and then we. Then he got sick, and then what? Okay, by the sixth week after my class was actually over, we got an oven. So yay! But I never got to experience the full fun of that class because I made rolled fondant, and then um, because I had to heat it up a little bit in an inferior microwave. There was like one section that was really hot, so I burned my hand. So I never got to roll the fondant. It was really, really sad. And uh, the moral of the story is don't let your oven break down. Just get a new oven. The old oven, we had had it repaired once and the repairman basically said, I never want to fix this oven again. So we got a new one. The moral of the story is always buy an American-made oven because then repairmen will want to actually repair it. Right. Okay. okay. Well, okay. here to folks, only buy American-made ovens. Okay. Um, <laughs> This has been bake America. Bake America great again. Oh my God! <laughs> bake America great again. What an awesome concept! Oh my God! Oh my God! Maybe that's what I need to do. I need to start a new podcast for that. <laughs> I need to start a blog. Bake America great again. Oh my God! I've been wanting to do this baking project, and I, I thought I wanted to start around the, the start of the year, and. I wanted, I, I, oh, this is such a great idea. Thank you for that idea. Bake America great again. Okay. Since this week is U.S. Thanksgiving, which is different from Canadian Thanksgiving, given, Thanksgiving, <laughs> from Canadian Thanksgiving in that it's six weeks difference or something. And you guys, um, you celebrate with probably the same foods. Anyway, the problem is um, that, exactly the same, um, pretty much. Uh, you're less likely to see macaroni and cheese as a side, which incidentally, most parts of America are crazy. <laughs> well, yeah, it's not. Um, although, you know what? I think one year I did actually make mac and cheese for a side for Christmas. Okay, it was Christmas with a Christmas ham. It makes sense. So you guys don't just have all dressed potato chips up there. And. <laughs> <laughs> no. And poutine? Lots of poutine? I mean, like a, lot of, a lot of the constituent components of poutine are involved, yes, but um, not as poutine generally. Okay. Not until like you're like, you're like a couple days left over, dirt deep. Except like the gravy is always one of the first things to go out. Like on meal number two, you got to make gravy out of a can because the stuff that actually came from the bird's gone. Anyway. Okay, so it's it's <laughs> it's American Thanksgiving this week, and besides baking America great again, which I love to do, I actually have to make turkey. What do you think, as Bruins fans, we should be thankful for? Um, can we just agree that none of them's going to take Patrice Bergeron right now because, like, that's the obvious choice. I'm going to to say my prayers and hope he has a speedy recovery without surgery. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's a different thing. That's like Christmas wishes and stuff, and 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 he's going to be healed up by then. Yes. You know what? I'm thankful for. I'm thankful for the fact that Tuukka Rask could take some time off. 
take care of something that he needed to take care of and come back and then play a game and be really good in it. I'm thankful we have two functioning goalies. I was going to take it further and say I am thankful we have two goalies that at any given time are both capable of being some of the a couple some of the best in the world. Because mm-hmm. uh, I definitely recall times where that wasn't the case. Sorry, Tim. I'm one of those with the steady year. Tim isn't here right now, but if you'd like to leave a message. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm thankful for Jake DeBrusque and that no team can plan for him. If they bother to plan for other players. <laughs> oh, that's right. The caveat. <laughs> I mean, I will say it's involved. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, we need him to score in the same game where the first line's running rampant. And then, then, I'll, then, I'll, then, then. Oh. Oh, fuck. Oh, my. Tim had to unexpectedly leave. So we'll come up with something that he's thankful for. He's thankful the team is demonstrating the true bounds of what you can achieve with next man up. Yes. Which is apparently nearly limitless. Unexpected. Okay. <laughs> right. Right. So, on this holiday week, the Bruins actually are fairly busy. Uh, not, to, not to start off with, uh, first game this week is, uh, is uh, the, no, Wednesday, November 21st um, at Detroit. The game starts at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. At so, the pizza uh, box. Yes. As opposed to at, at, at the Not Joe. At the nacho? (laughs) (laughs) I know you said nacho, but nacho. Anyway, so then on uh, Black Friday, I miss when we had the Black Friday matinee games, even though I've lived in Canada the entire time and not been able to watch them. It just was a nice gimmick to have. It was like, what, three, four years or so the Bruins played played a matinee on Black Friday? Yep. But it's a couple years ago they stopped. They're playing Pittsburgh at 7.30 p.m. Eastern at the Garden. I think they switch back and forth every other year or something. For a while, there was a long stretch they had it every year, I thought. I know, but I think that they've switched it now. And it was often Pittsburgh, too. It was kind of a nice series, a nice recurring series to have. Especially because, like, the Bruins just seem to, in general, regardless of how good Pittsburgh's been, most of the time have Pittsburgh's number. Mostly because I think Berkey just understands Sid too well. and Yep. And, of course, against the Pens, there's been a number of improbable fights the Bruins have been involved in. Of course, Berkey versus Malkin. Brad versus Matt Niskanen. (laughs) 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 And then, of course, the one fight that should have happened that did not in that game that we generally try not to talk about too much. One of the two games we try not to talk about too much. Well, Brick Zorpik can go fuck himself. That's that's how I feel about it. I mean, that game still blows my mind. Like, think about it. like 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 Louis second Louis concussion. Is that was that just a lower leg break or was that the femur break for for Kelly? Okay, well, that one wasn't the femur. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was just a freak thing. Yeah, uh, I think the femur break was like the year after or something. Or, or two you can never can't tell. In the span of like two and a half seasons, he had he broke his legs three times. I, we thought they had brittle bone disease or something. Yeah. No, I still don't understand why they didn't like hook him up with some adamantium or something. Maybe they did. It's just now he's like coaching in like Ottawa or something. Isn't he? Uh, something or is it like Binghamton? I think he's in Bingo. Yeah. Okay. Well. And then yeah, and then of course James uh, Neal. So that, yeah, anyway. Heck, yeah. That was a fucking ugly game. Yeah. Pretty anyway. Much start to finish. Yeah. Anyway, Pittsburgh. On Friday the 23rd, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. They're a fun team to hate, so, you know. And they're really bad lately. Like, worst in the East bad. Well, I look forward to that in the in that respect. I, I did like uh, how a few years ago they did play up the whole... Um, they had uh, the Rangers coming to visit them, and they played up the whole thing by having Cam Neely and Mike Richter. In the commercials? Oh, yeah, that. Yeah, that was kind of fun. I, I enjoyed that. I feel like if they were going to do that, they should have ran for the, gone for the fences and had, like, John Rattel, not sure which side of the table to sit on. <laughs> <laughs> of, all the, of all the choices, I chose Rattel because he played for both teams for quite a while, as opposed to was very briefly one or the other. Yeah, now like, we would have had Ryan Spooner, except now he's in Edmonton. Okay, the Bruins and Penguins. And and then the next day on the second half of back-to-back, because God fucking damn it. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't say capitals. 
No. Habs? Montreal. Oh! God damn it. 7 p.m. Eastern at the Centaur Bell. What is the over-under on how many defensemen will actually get to return? Like, people who should be in the lineup. The only guy that we seem to be getting specific terms about how fast he's returning is Miller. So I'm going to... I think I'm going to bank on Kevin Miller being back. It'll be interesting to see whether, well, it'll be Zaboral gets the axe because Zaboral's playing. I've been playing and getting so few minutes. But uh, yeah, we don't know what's wrong with John Moore yet, so maybe John Moore. Yeah, they say he's going back for testing. That's not a good thing. It could be a ligament thing. Yeah. I mean, if it's a break, you know it's a break, you know? I mean, Charlie and Urho are skating, so there's that. And I don't know. Ah. Uh, Take it day by day, folks. At the rate we're going, that could be that, that could be Emilio, Emilio Hansen, Wiley Sherman, top pair, and then guy, 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 guy. You mean guy, 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 guy. <laughs> <laughs> the forty's got to hold down the fort. That's all I'm saying. Oh, Kenfer's a forty-four now. Oh my God, it's all forties. Like all the the guys who were like at least in the top eight are all forties. And both of our defensemen as well. They're 40 and 41. What? Who? Our defensemen are both 40. I sorry, goalies, rather. Sorry. Oh, yeah. It's all the 40s holding down the fort. That's what it is. Yep. Tori Krug, Matt Grizzlick, Tukarask, Yaroslav Halak. Whoa, I, I took a while to get that name. And uh, Stephen Kemper. Stephen yeah. with a V. Um, yeah. Wow. All the 40s. And our, and, and our now first line center, David Krejci, as well, is, of course, 46. So. Wow. 40s holding down the fort so brad marchand is like uh what's his number now 43 no that's heinen isn't it yeah brad's always been 63 come on i know 60. i know I was, trying, <laughs> I was trying to give him a 40 number so he could hold down the fort but he doesn't hold down the fort he does other things he's you know more likely to burn down the fort but you know and I, score goals while doing so i was gonna say he hunts and gathers <laughs> he forages what's after is there anything on that monday i don't there is on that monday yes and uh, well recorded by then the show won't be out so monday the 26th at 7 p.m eastern time at toronto <laughs> oh god oh my god this stretch is gonna be so bad we got we had it so lucky this last week yeah that's that's a that's 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 Four games, in, three games in four days against Pittsburgh, Montreal, and Toronto. Now, Montreal, again, Pittsburgh apparently has forgotten how to hockey. Yay! <laughs> However, you know, as they continue to be at the bottom of the standings, I fear them winning the lottery and then having, you know, Jack Hughes as their third-line center. God damn it. Why did you have to go there? Honestly, because I'm bracing myself for it. If they stay bad, they're so winning the lottery. Well, better than Edmonton. Honestly, if Edmonton won the won the lottery again, I feel like there'd be a massive um, letter writing campaign to just fold the franchise. It's like guys, it's not. It's like guys, just 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 take this fucking shit out back and put and, and shoot it in the head. This is this is done. <laughs> I don't think we have too many franchises, but I do think there's franchises that maybe need to be put to sleep and just grant the and just grant the franchise rights to some other city that might where, where they can start from scratch. Plus, a tidal wave of of, of, of of negating all the contracts of Edmonton players would make for a crazy, a, a, a real crazy um, uh, free agent frenzy fighting over McDavid and Dreisaitl. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, wait a minute. Did, did you see that uh, Melnick? Of, of course he had. Of course Melnick has burner accounts. Lots of burner accounts. Like troll farm scale burner accounts. Well, I think he hired, he hired someone to handle all of the social <laughs> media shit. And there are so many social media accounts that are praising him and the team. And, and they have the uh, same picture. They have the same profile. Yes, yes. Like the same three. Yes. So, so he didn't just hire Troll Farm. He hired like uh, shitty Uzbekistani knockoff Troll Farm. Well, it's probably <laughs> Ukrainian because remember in 2013, he did a similar thing. He had some bots take down Travis Yost's stuff uh, from Hockey Buzz. Uh, and it was a... It was an email that could be linked back to his Save the Children or whatever it was charity. <laughs> Take the Ottawa Senators from Melnick. Put them somewhere else. Quebec desperately wants a team. They have a beautiful arena. Just give them the sends. On that note, listeners, you've been listening to Barely on Topic. Uh, you can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, 
Google Play, iTunes, or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. Again, if you find us somewhere, if your favorite podcasts are found somewhere else and you're listening to us there, please let us know. This would be <laughs> news to us. <laughs> you can talk to us really seriously. Um, please, on, on, of course, our, uh, our uh, Twitter, uh, at Barely on Topic, and uh, on Facebook, at Barely on Topic Podcast, rather than say us on the Facebook talking to each other, as happened <laughs> the other day. <laughs> there was a lot of post-engagement there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Russ Hallowell did, uh, he did say that they looked small. Um, but he stayed later. away from where we wandered off into the eldritch, eldritch horror um, uh, um, part of things. So. Yes, I think I chose, I, I was like trying to be optimistic um, and you decided that Cthulhu needed to be brought into I mean, the mix. I felt like that was pretty well strongly implied when I said that, you know, stares into the abyss, mind breaks, screams forever. That's what happens when you see one of the great old ones. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> Sorry, I just haven't done that in a while, okay? <laughs> um, all right anyway um of course you can also reach out to us on our our uh, personal twitters um um and tim, tim of course has uh, already um had to go but uh, you can find him at uh, tim at tim a richardson you can uh, just talk to me if you're uh, if you're so inclined um at dr hand grenade but um you know i don't tweet that much and it's either about bruins or about like 90s rock music videos so like i have a brand i guess that hasn't happened in a while. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> I don't remember the 90s rock video tweets, but... Um, oh, there's been lots of them. They like they tend to be on streams. Usually it's Ellen that responds. Okay, well, Twitter, <laughs> Twitter has decided that I should never actually see any tweets from my friends. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah, that's a... It's kind of a dick move, Twitter. It, it is, but, I mean, what do you expect? They are a bunch of dicks. I almost said you've forgotten I, your own handle <laughs> no I always like to try to make it interesting and all I could think of was a syphilitic bag of dicks and that is not my twitter handle <laughs> you're here folks he is changing her twitter handle to at syphilitic bag of dicks <laughs> or Patrick Kane <laughs> okay no it's FBA from RI you know what Bye. Word. <laughs>